0: Hi, everyone. It's Ashley Gronwald with Hunter Row Real Estate, and I have my husband Jed Gronwald here with me. We're both real estate agents here in the Triangle, and it was back in February that we did um, a market update that seemed to be helpful to those of you who are looking, buying, selling, just navigating the crazy market we've entered um, in 2021. And so we wanted to revisit that topic of what's going on in our market and so we're just going to talk candidly as if we were talking like we do at home sometimes just about what we're seeing with our clients um like i said we're both real estate agents but we do serve different books of business so we see different things but lots of common trends so we'll share that with you today so let's get started um jed i'm going to ask you a couple questions here just to get us kicked off what are you seeing in our current market compared to when we did this back in February?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I'm seeing, a, I'm still seeing a lot of crazy um, and crazy is relative, right? Crazy is what we what we read based on prices that we see and contract prices that we see, right? So list price versus contract price, like what we have to do and how we have to translate that. So I, I think what we're seeing is people's perceptions of what reality should be and that kind of butting up with what reality actually is and uh kind of getting that idea of crazy so i I, things are still hot um i think we see maybe just a smidge of a slowdown over the last few weeks um coming from july into august uh for probably a variety of reasons that um are normal you know school all this uncertainty with the new surge in covid and all that kind of stuff but um Overall, we're still way behind on uh, available inventory. So, uh, and we are still way up on demand. So um, we're still seeing a a lot of wild stuff out there.
0: Yeah, I would say similarly, I've had two listings that I would have thought we would have seen the crazy that we were seeing back in February, March, April, and we listed them. We still did well. It just wasn't the crazy that we've been seeing. And so it just made me, Ask that question, are we starting to see a slowdown? Now, I tell people in traditional real estate markets, when COVID's not a piece or a player in this, we do see things, transaction, number of transactions slow down in fall, winter. Doesn't mean that we don't have a lot of buyers out there and a lot of sellers. There's just less of both of those. So those come down fall, winter. So I'm curious to see if we're going to see this continued trend through the fall, winter. I'm hopeful for a lot of buyers who sat this spring summer market out who are ready to jump in now. And so again, we don't know for certain, nobody knows, but I think we're all hoping that we'll see a little bit of intensity drop off so that we can see some of these underdogs come in and get to play in in the market.
1: Yeah. Over over last month to this month, our inventory's up about 16% and our closed sales are down 15%. Interesting. So but that is that's kind of in alignment with what it, you know, uh some of the norms of this time of year anyway, as we're getting back to school. Overall year to this time this year versus last year in 2020, we're seeing we're still our inventory is down 50% and our closed sales are still down 10%. So it's It's relative, I guess, uh, for the time of year, but also just that balanced with, uh, you know, the crazy demand that's out there right now.
0: Sure. And when you first got into real estate, before we knew each other, you got into it with your dad and it was in kind of the foreclosure, distressed property market. Mm -hmm. And we haven't seen a lot of that in the last maybe five years, we have not seen a lot of distressed properties, which is good. I mean, we've had a really healthy, strong market in the triangle, but I'm curious because I'm hearing people ask me now, are we going to start seeing more of those, an influx of distressed properties? And since I would consider you a distressed property expert, what would you say about seeing foreclosures anytime soon?
1: Yeah. Well, anytime you have Values on the rise, you know, that means there's a likelihood that what people owe can be covered by the purchase price if they sell it. So the likelihood of there's always people in, a, in, in tough life situations that can get them behind on their finance uh, finances and ability to actually make those payments. And let's face it, that's, a, that's not something people love to just broadcast to the world like, hey, I'm in trouble. And so a lot of the foreclosures happen because people didn't ask for help. Uh, there's lots of programs available. Uh, there's a uh, there's moratorium on foreclosures and evictions right now. Uh, the government's got a lot of money available to help with these things. There are a lot uh, there's reports of a lot of folks, a lot of households that are behind on their mortgage payments, uh, anywhere from 30 to 90 days, if not more, right now. Uh, so we will see some of that, but the demand for housing, not just, I mean, our area is is still way down, but even nationally, uh, demand is so high. That um, while foreclosures may become more prevalent as things go on, and certainly as the programs that are available out there, or and the, the moratoriums stop, or the courts change what the rules are, um, you know, we may see a few. We may start to see some of that enter back into our marketplace, um, and maybe you know, there's some gurus that are talking about we're going to have this total rush and influx uh, of property, but the reality is our demand is so high we could gobble that up real quick uh, right now. So I'm not seeing them yet. Uh, and then, you know, but what I am seeing are more and more investors, these, these, I buy houses folks, uh, and you know, and Hey, we buy houses, you know, we definitely help people do that, but there, when there are, um, you can tell the market is really good when all those investors are out there, it's easy to get houses, uh, get money for houses, and it's easy to sell them uh, because of that demand right now. So, um, it's, it's when the market shifts, And those people start to go away because they don't have the ability to actually buy those houses. Most of the people you see out there that are saying, we buy houses, don't actually buy the houses. They're wholesaling houses, which means they're flipping them to someone else that has money. So that's really prevalent going on. There's not too many intersections. You don't go by and see a sign that says, I buy houses. Uh, If you have someone that has a distressed property that's afraid of putting it on the market, that's a really good call to make to Ashley or to me to let us do a real assessment. Like like I said, we buy houses. We partner with our clients to help fix up houses. We will help fund renovation costs to get them on the market. Uh, there's a ton of different ways to help people deal with that and put more money in their pocket and not get stuck in a scenario. Uh, there's a lot of great investors out there. Don't get me wrong. but There's also a lot of people just trying to get in the middle that don't necessarily have the best interest of the clients in mind. So that's what I would say about that right
0: now. And one thing too about foreclosures is they can take a long time to actually hit the market. So even if we started to see people getting behind on payments before that gets through the process to actually coming to market as a foreclosure, I mean, I wouldn't think we would see this anytime soon. I mean, this could be a year out at least. Would you agree?
1: Oh, well, I mean, there's honestly... There's no real telling because as people get into those points where banks are actually able to foreclose one, that's all public record. So we will start seeing that as to when they actually do the foreclosure. And then to when they actually hit the market as uh, real estate owned properties, th- there's definitely a delay in that. So we will start to see that stuff coming, but at the same time, the government is not going to just want that to hit all at once. So they're going to do everything they can to slow that down. Uh, if not try to stop it altogether, which is why we have all that all those moratoriums going on right
0: now anyway. And so we're talking about the possibility of the market cooling, let's say, maybe, maybe we've experienced it for the last couple of weeks. Just And when I say that, I don't want people to think all of a sudden the market's a really easy place to buy houses. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying we haven't seen the absolute crazy frenzy of activity um, in, in a couple of weeks. And that could shift back again. We're just saying we're seeing a little bit and we're curious to see if this will continue.
1: Yeah, it's normal at this time of year to see the slowdown as people kind of go back to school. And we normally see a surge after, uh, you know, mid-September, we start seeing that come back and it's pretty strong through August and November. And then we get into the holidays and it kind of shifts down from there. You know, nationally, the Association of Realtors is saying we're moving from a super hot market market, to a normal hot, hot market. But in the triangle You know, uh, nationally, their inventory is actually up a smidge in the triangle. We're still down 50 percent. So it's uh, you got to be careful with what you hear in the news, because generally they're speaking nationally unless you're hearing local news and they are actually speaking locally. But those data points get mixed in a lot in at least the news stories I hear. And it's confusing. It's confusing to our buyers because they're hearing certain things and then they expect that to be the case. It's also confusing to our sellers. Got a lot of sellers entering the marketplace right now we're actually up on new listings by a small amount it's it's somewhere around 1.4 percent over last month but those folks are trying to take advantage most of them are trying to take advantage of the hot market which is i mean hey who wouldn't right but you got to have appropriate expectations we still need to have a one foot in reality when we list properties and that's what you were seeing ash is like a couple of these houses we weren't getting some you know we were buyers were only offering to pay for one kid's college education instead of all three of your kids, you know, like that kind of thing, slowing down a little bit, but still aggressive. So I don't know, what are you recommending to your buyers right now when they enter this, if they're trying to buy?
0: Well, that's what I think is so difficult, because I'm telling them on the list price of their home, I'm like, I don't know that we should go and shoot for the the big price, because uh, it might be slowing down a little bit. But at the same time, I'm telling them to still kind of swing for the fences when they're offering because like you and I've talked about, you can't pinpoint like specific areas that are staying super hot and the other ones that are just remaining hot. It's so hard to tell it's house to house. I would even say it's week to week that we're seeing changes. There's There hasn't been a really consistent predictable pattern other than the constant impre- appreciation we saw from January this year. But now I do it's a difficult thing to navigate. because um, like I said, the, the houses we listed, we still got offer um, offered at list price. And some in multiple, we just didn't get the 10 to 20 offers. We didn't get the 30 to 50 showings in a weekend that we were used to. So it's not that it's slowed down so much that there's crickets. It's just slowed down enough to say, okay, it's not as extreme. But again, for some of my buyers, they've had to be that extreme. I think I told you I had a buyer deliver flowers to a homeowner to try and get them to pick um, and she had said, you know, I just got a bunk cake from another buyer. So, I mean, people are still out there being creative, trying to get houses, but the houses that have gone under contract a month ago that are closing now, that reflects a month ago's market that I don't think is as accurate to what we're seeing right now.
1: Yeah, yeah I think it, it, it's still a scenario of, hey, if you're trying to buy a house, there's a reason that you're doing that. What, what are the real reasons for why you wanna buy right now? If that's If there's a real need, then now is probably the time to buy if it serves your family, right? Especially if you have a house to sell, it's definitely the time to sell. This is the one of the best times to sell we've ever had. Certainly in the 20 years I've been doing this, uh, this is the best time to sell from a standpoint of what you're going to get for it and what a buyer can um, get from a, of an interest rate, right? Interest rates are super low and then you're, you know, we're getting high prices. So I think it's a matter of, you know, really setting a budget for what you're, what you're willing to pay for a house, uh, for housing, like for a house in general. And then, of course, any individual property that we see that is of interest to our buyers, we're gonna analyze that property. We're gonna see how the list price relates to what it, it is actually probably worth. And then, uh, dial that in with what kind of premium it's probably reasonable to pay. When I start talking to a lot of buyers, they they're just, I don't want to get caught up in a bidding war. There's no chance of getting caught up in a bidding war if you're working with us, because we're going to talk through the ins and outs of why we're offering what we're offering. We don't really care about the other buyers, you know, whether there's one other buyer or 15 other buyers. Our offer is probably going to be pretty close to the same thing. But we're also going to be talking to the listing agent. We're going to get details on what's going on and and, and what they're seeing. Um, and, and as much as they'll tell us, we're going to use that to be able to craft an appropriate offer for a property. So we might have to pay a premium for a property, which means you might overpay a little bit, but no one's gonna get you're not gonna get sucked into a bidding war where you're just running away. We just won't let that happen. But what we will look at is how do we pay a price that is fair and reasonable to our buyers for where they want to be over the next three to five to 10 to 15 years in a house. You know, if things do change, where do you want to be when they change? Do you want to be in a house that serves your family well, or do you want to be um, from a functional standpoint, one that serves you financially? Uh, There's, there's so many components to this and everyone's situation's different. So we just have to talk them through. So when you do all that, then you kind of come out on the other end with a plan right? And say like, yes, it's time to buy, let's go do it. And then we help structure strong, solid offers based on what we're dealing with in the marketplace. You're really good at that. How do you, how do you talk your your buyers through the details of an offer?
0: Yeah. I think just to reiterate what you said is like, you got to figure out, do you want the house? Because I say, you know, I'm competitive, so I want to win a house for you. If you tell me that you want me to help you buy a house, I'm gonna do everything I can to help you get that house. Right, But, if you aren't feeling like this house meets the needs of your family for whatever the goal is, three to five years or 10 to 15, let's not go throw everything at a house that doesn't meet those needs. Now I will say most buyers are compromising. They're not getting everything they want because the inventory is so low. So you can't be so picky right now if you're wanting to be in a house. But if you want the low interest rates, you're willing to compromise on some things. Right. Um, I have seen the escalation clause come back as a tool to use, um, so I'm, Talking with buyers about using that to help protect us from not paying that much more over the highest bidder. So that's a tool um, we talk about. You know, I'm definitely still seeing homes being um, advertised as being sold as is or where the sellers are asking the buyer to make up the appraisal gap. Again, depending on how this market shifts, we can put ceilings on those appraisal addendums. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing less agents say that the seller won't take love letters from the buyer. So I'm encouraging the buyers to write those love letters to the sellers. So there's so many creative tools. And I tell my buyers, you don't have to use any of the tools in my tool belt. They're here for you. I want you to know about them so that if you want to go full force at this house, you have everything at your disposal. Now I have buyers who say, I'm not comfortable with most of your tools and that's okay. I'm still here as your advocate and your coach. And I'm going to help fight for you to get what you're wanting but i'm also going to try and give you realistic expectations of if you're not willing to use these tools that other people are using to be successful in this market your likelihood of getting this house might be 10 20 30 percent are you okay with that yes we're okay with that no we're not what is how do those percentages increase if we increase our offer by 10 or twenty thousand? okay now we're over 50 percent chance of getting it so i really try and do percentage dialogues because i feel like that helps buyers sink their teeth into Okay, we have a shot at this or we really don't. And I tell people all the time, it's not a waste of our time to put an offer out there and it might be lower than I'm recommending. And I love to be wrong when you get a house and it's lower than what I thought you had to pay for it. That's good news for everybody. So I, I, again, try to reiterate to the the client that you are in charge. I'm here to coach you based on what we're seeing and use the tools that we have available.
1: You, You guys all heard her. My experience is not that Ashley likes to be wrong. So when she's wrong and she's happy about it, that's a good thing. Um, yeah. You said picky and, and you're right. We are, you are having, I mean, I think, I think most always our list of wants, and then what we actually get, we we, we generally compromise on a few things. And, and certainly between uh, you know, if, if a couple is trying to buy a house, one's going to want certain things for certain reasons. And the other one's going to want certain things for certain reasons, and you're not going to get all of those things. Right. So I do say though, look, if you're paying a premium, it's okay to be a little more picky. And you know what, don't offer on houses that aren't enough for both of you, right? Like it's okay to pass them by. This might take longer because there's less to choose from and just be ready for that. And that's okay. Or like you said, it just depends on, it just depends on what the priority is. If you want to take advantage of the interest rates and you don't need all the certain specific things um, but you still want a really great house and there's one available, well then go for it. Jump in, get it, take advantage of the situation that we do have available to us. But since last year at this time, we're so we're down to months supply of inventory is less than one right now. Last year it was 1.7 and now we're at 0.7 months of inventory. And how, you know, we even last year was crazy because last year we were at 1.7, 2019 we were at 2.7. So it has gone down 37% from 2019 to 2020. And then 2020 to 2021, it's gone down another 58% in available houses. So we've got to, before things go the other direction, they have to level off and then they're going to start creeping back up. But I mean, we're two years into uh, a massive dip in available property and there's, we cannot build them that fast. So it's going to take a while for things to massively change. So if you're on the fence, it is worth a conversation to unpack some of these things. Let us ask questions. Let's talk about it. Uh, we can certainly wait. We don't know when the rates are going to start ticking up. That's the one thing we, I mean, that's one thing we don't know. Uh, we don't know a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, we would love to be able to have a crystal ball for, and we just don't. What we do know is what's available to us right now and how to navigate that for our buyers and sellers and take full advantage of everything we can uh, based on what your needs are, right? And that's what we're really here to do.
0: And when it comes to like crafting this offer, the numbers we talked about in February, I would say are different than right now. Due Mm -hmm. diligence fees, offer price, are you going over? Is there any consistent trends that you're seeing right now of offers that are being accepted and what is coming out of your mouth with each buyer of this is what it's gonna take to get this house?
1: I I am seeing consistently certain sellers overpricing their houses. I'm seeing more overpriced houses than I was earlier in the year. And I say overpriced because they're sitting there. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also less justification for the listing price. I see people like really, really stretching. Like it's okay to stretch a little bit. But when you're stretching to a point where there's there's nothing to justify your value, uh, buyers don't like that because... It's just like, look, man, you're, you know, everyone knows you're going to take advantage of the marketplace who wouldn't and, and who can blame you. But when you're doing it in a way that's that appears to be obnoxiously uh, disconnected with reality, um, those houses are sitting, you know, I think a lot of people think that the average days on market right now is like two, it's closer to nine, um, which is definitely less than last year. And it was like around 14 last year, this time, but still nine which means the number of houses that are selling in one and two days, think about what you have to have to get an average of nine. That means there's houses that are sitting for literally weeks. And uh, so we are seeing houses price overpriced and in those scenarios. What do you do? You know, we try to um, we try to write offers appropriately, still strong, but appropriately. And if they are overpriced, then maybe we're even writing offers less than asking price, which, is not what a seller expects right now. So their attitude is not going to be one of love except that they overpriced their house. So there's so many moving parts. And I would say that the trends, the trends are that every house is uniquely different and we have a lot of Uh, We have a lot of mental games that are are being played between buyers and sellers, and that we're having to really try to work hard to dig through that for our clients. And um, and that's one thing we do, though. We do have those conversations. We do talk to the other agents. We try to justify, understand their justification for their listing price, uh, as well as what they're expecting in an offer. Hopefully, they will tell us what they talked about with the sellers and and what their, as an agent, their expectations are, because sometimes those are different. Um, Both are very important when we bring an offer, right? So that we, we really just have to dig in on the circumstances of each individual house uh, to see where that list price came in, what's actually going on in that neighborhood and how that relates to the rest of the market in general and our buyer's personal situation. That'd be what, that's my take on it.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, for the past few months I've been telling people, if you see a house you like, just automatically add thirty to fifty thousand to the price, and if it's still in your budget and you still like it, let's talk type of thing. I don't know that I would go that big. I mean, if you do, that'll prepare you for better news. If I say I don't think we have to go that high, but I was pretty yeah. strong and adamant about that thirty fifty. Now I think you have to dig in a little bit more to see what's going on because it does seem like it's cooling a little, and those due diligence fees dropping a little bit. They were cr- climbing and climbing and climbing 50, 60, $75,000 due diligence fees that I think have dropped down still a very large amount of money that nobody wants to walk away from, but not this exorbitant amount we were seeing.
1: Yeah, I've seen I'm, I've seen them as low as 5,000 in the last few weeks, um, but I've also seen 35,000 and 40,000. So it's Again, I think what you said with the add 30 to 50, if you add 30 to 50 and you're like, I still like it that's a good reason to look at it because I think it passed a lot of the litmus test of, no, this is actually a house I want, not just I'm tired of looking at houses. And that's a real thing too. Buyer fatigue is definitely happening out there. And I, and I, I kind of feel like that's even part of what we're seeing right now. We've had a lot of folks that have been playing this game of buyer for a long time. And, um, and you know, they kind of want to take a break. So we're seeing a little bit of that too. But, um, you know, there's good opportunity right now, I think.
0: Yeah, John just asked... Um, He's listening and he said, do you think companies like Opendoor and Zillow are pushing up prices because of their offers? Great question, John. Thanks for listening. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, so obviously Opendoor and Zillow are marketing monsters. They are throwing millions of dollars to create a narrative and a message uh, that they believe sellers and buyers want to hear, right? So for sellers, they're saying, Hey, we're going to give you this price. Uh, we're going to buy your house. You don't have to pay agent commissions or anything. What they don't tell you is that you're absolutely paying. It's They call it something different. It's a uh, service fee, or uh, they all have they all have a slightly different name for them. But if you look at what they're charging you, guess what? You just paid an agent commission and yeah, you got out of your house without having to do anything but those companies they are paying premiums and some places some cases they're actually losing money on the resales of their houses to create volume and that but that's overall right so i have had in the past i've had open door offer higher amounts than what i believe we could have even gotten on the open market because they made a mistake and our client i said let's go take that offer because that was really smart bad for open door Uh, We've tracked some of them. They've actually sold them for less after that was all done. But for the most part, we are able to get our our buyers and sellers more money than Open Door and Zillow are able to pay Um, because in the end, those companies are existing. They're flippers. They are buying houses at a discount to sell again to a marketplace of uh, even of their own creation through people from their website. Um, So there's definitely value in those companies. But if you want the most money for your house, let's, let's, let's look at it. And and we take all of those things into account because we want the best for our clients. So, um, but yeah, they're definitely out there doing things. Um, but I think overall their, um, their marketing dollars are putting them more in people's faces than they actually are in the marketplace. I mean, they're in the 5% range, which is a lot, uh, of, of transactions are having something to do with an iBuyer. Um, which there's a lot more eye buyers entering the entering the marketplace. There's tons of tons of investment firms that are buying up single family houses. So lots of buyers in our marketplace are um, are not homeowners, single family homeowners. They are institutional buyers right now. So mm-hmm. another thing to keep in mind. Lots of our offer. Lot. I mean, Ashley, you see it all the time. We put a listing up. We'll get two or three offers from. The same old characters that are just throwing offers at anything that comes to the marketplace because they want that low-hanging fruit of people that will take a discount. And um, and hey, lots of people are in a situation where they need that discount.
0: Yeah, I think the way I would love to wrap this up is just thinking about the buyer or seller that's considering doing this in this the you know the end of the calendar year of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know I was having this thought the other day is that I need to go back through all the people that I talked with or did an orientation or a listing consult with um, in the spring or summer market where I I basically felt like I talked them out of even considering it because it was just so intense um, to say, let's have another conversation. I think that there may be a place in this market that will allow you to jump in. I think you should, if you've turned off the search, let's turn it back on, let's have another conversation. There may be space or opportunity like you're saying for some of those buyers and sellers that were a little put off or um, got exhausted, that buyer fatigue, all those things, I would say, give it a shot because there's a lot of people who don't want to get into this now that their kids are back into a routine with school. Um, They're having family visits for Thanksgiving or Christmas. Things just slow down a little bit um, in the marketplace traditionally. Whether Mm -hmm. that'll be this year, I don't know. But I would say if you're one of those buyers, we should talk again and just see, has the market cooled enough to to give you an entry point that makes you feel comfortable and maybe not, but it's, I would say it's at least a spot that we could start.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. It, it's, it's, it's worth a conversation because that is free and that is a lot of people tell me, like, Jed, we didn't want to bother you. No bother us. That's what we're here for. We want to give information that is useful to each individual situation. And the only way we can do that is to get in and analyze it. So that's, that's super important. The one thing I did want to say just as kind of a public service um, to not just our clients, but to the people that they know, if you guys know anybody that is in a situation where they're behind on their rent, North Carolina has got the uh, HOPE program going right now, which is linked to the national programs. There's like $42 billion in that, in that kitty of money right now. And like the last report I heard, it was like only 4 billion of it has been even, you know, even uh, started to be sent out yet something along those lines. There's tons of money available for people in that situation. Homeowners right now that rent properties are not able to to evict. But if there's someone in a situation where they're behind on their rent, let's get them caught up. There's ways to take advantage of that. So if you know someone in that situation, feel free to reach out to us. We'd be glad to get them connected with some resources to to try to help that. Because as much as the government wants to help, um, there's definitely a disconnect between, hey, I need help and hey, here's that help. We can help bridge that gap. Uh, good conversations to have, make sure people are um, not going to ultimately end out on the street uh, or in a bad credit situation. We can help with that too. So just keep that in mind as uh, as you guys are going through and getting into the holidays and just pay attention to what's going on around you and the people in your lives.
0: That's awesome. Well, we'll try and do this again. Hopefully this is helpful to those that are listening. We want to just share with you what we're thinking here on our end, working with buyers and sellers, navigating a market that no one has ever seen in the triangle before. So please reach out if you have questions, but thanks again, Jed, for giving us some of your thoughts, tips and tricks to navigate the market.
1: Absolutely,
0: have a good day. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home, where it all begins.